0: Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Keith Steigert, Uber reader and romance junkie. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls!
1: I want to make sure you're comfortable, Bonnie, because you're in in the studio with me.
2: It happens <laughs> so rarely.
1: I know. It's so exciting. Mm. So oh, if I gotcha. get a support
2: alligator, can I bring it with me to the
0: podcast?
1: Fuck no. Why? Dude, I have enough trouble with dogs. Now you're adding alligators.
0: Alligators also have very sharp teeth.
1: See, I... I don't understand the whole support animal thing. Somebody else's support animal might freak me the fuck out.
3: There needs to be a reset of personal support versus... Well, yeah, I mean, I, I get know. it
1: if it's a seeing eye dog or, you know, something like that.
3: Being there on are a it, lot of working dogs for a lot of conditions that aren't obvious. Yeah. But just having a, an animal that isn't trained yeah go into a store is dumb or in my on an airplane if
2: i ever have to go on an airplane well, you know you with can echo. buy
1: seats for your animals yeah now. i just don't like that
2: i would buy a seat for echo she would not be i'm not gonna put her in the freaking bottom of the plane where it's not even air conditioning or and have heated. you seen how
3: many people lose people's pets because they put them in there like in,
2: in the dark by herself no that's insane would you put your kid down there no well, same thing.
3: I don't know. Maybe
0: it but depends on the child. What I'm saying is, is that they should they
1: should offer sections of the plane so you don't have to sit near pets. It like freaks game, me out.
3: That slippery slope. Smoking, non-smoking. They're pet starting non-pet. to offer child-free sections, and people are super pissed about that. But I can kind of see because yeah. if
0: you're like really allergic to a dog, or, or you're a really cat, freaked
1: out by dogs,
0: yeah, then like, wouldn't it be better to option to say, like.
1: I don't want to sit near dogs.
0: Yeah. Like if,
3: I, I kind of, I didn't Martha think saying, about it. I
0: agree. It could become a slippery slope, but if you're like deathly allergic, like that could be a problem.
3: But seriously, I, mean, I think in that event, you're allowed to like request a different seat. Yes. Maybe. So but here- then you got
0: to disrupt the whole plane, the receipt. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> so here's the question. If you have an emo- emotional support alligator and they tell you, you can't bring it in to a freaking baseball game. Was it baseball or football? It was baseball. Baseball it game. Baseball it game.
3: Baseball. It's Phillies game.
1: Okay, so you can't take your emotional support alligator into the baseball game. So then you get on TikTok and complain about the baseball people not letting you take your freaking alligator into the baseball game.
3: There are a lot of people that are really upset and, like, and trying this is to in, get the Phillies to let them in. And this is in
1: Pennsylvania, which, to yeah. me, well, is
3: completely
1: backwards i don't understand why there are alligators in pennsylvania
0: why are there alligators in the sewers of new york same question it's because people have them as pets and then little don't want, baby know alligators
3: are adorable but yeah. then they get to be bigger out like because you think oh i'll keep it in an aquarium or whatever and then they get bigger and bigger and bigger and then they're the size of the dog and you're starting to wonder about when fifi might get eaten And then you let it go into one of Pittsburgh's three rivers or one of Philadelphia's sewers or whatever. Yeah.
2: But to be clear, the support animal, the support alligator was actually a rescue. He did not keep getting a baby alligator as a pet, just so that we're clear about that. But But yeah, other people
3: take it to a Phillies game.
1: I don't, I, I, like I said, I wanted to start out with that caveat in the beginning to say I'm not comfortable with the idea of people bringing random pets near me but if somebody has extremely
2: high anxiety and it's almost impossible for them I'm not saying that this is the case I'm just saying there are some people that have emotional support animals because their anxiety is so high that they can't even fathom getting on a plane without that, that source of comfort for them Hey, and I will it... give
0: you a dog and a cat. I will not give you an alligator. Well, yeah. right. Yeah.
3: I mean, well, then somebody had a turkey, right? They brought a turkey peacock. on a plane.
0: It was a peacock. A
3: peacock. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I just don't understand what kind of... Some animals just aren't really bred to give comfort. And I feel like alligators up there. feel like peacock, peacock. is probably up there. Snakes, like... <laughs> lizards.
0: I mean, maybe the mouse, maybe the peacock like know. putting out its plumage, like relaxed. You're gonna them say plumage? Like, <laughs> <laughs> their plumage when they're their, was like out. A, they're when fluming. their fan was relaxed. God,
1: I I know why they do it, but I don't have to like it, do I?
2: You can no, have an opinion. But... We're in America; everybody's allowed to have their opinion. I'm just saying, there's some people that have such a...
1: the dude in the alligator thing
2: don't is not it.
1: does not. Appear in any way to be anxious. He's
2: That's suffering from depression point, and cancer, not anxiety. Not everything can be visually
0: seen.
3: <gasps> that is very
0: true. I don't and disagree they- with you that I don't think an alligator is any sort of emotional support animal, but you can't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. I mean, there should I think be it's limits weird that you don't
3: have to go but... through a process. And
0: here's the thing: is well,
3: you kind
2: of do. You but do. It's kind of like. Getting a medical marijuana card. I was
1: just gonna say that all you have to do is pay the fee,
2: and for the doctor to say that you have anxiety or whatever, and
1: or you can just go online and order a fucking vest for the dog or for the alligator, and it well, looks like. Well, some people like...
2: ask for the card now. Do they? Yeah. Well,
1: if you had an alligator, he they'd for sure ask for the card.
2: But like, if I made echo and emotional support. Animal, then uh, she could come to the podcast with me and to the restaurants afterwards.
1: That's a win-win. Yeah.
0: Martha's face, <laughs> if anyone can see it right now, says I'm about to punch Bonnie in the boobs.
1: No, I I have I've, I've um suspended the boob punch for a while until my boob heals until her divot fills in. <laughs> yeah, you should see my boob. I raise my arm and it looks like somebody took a. Fucking melon baller, no ice cream scoop (laughs) (laughs) in there, and then just like left the skin, an invisible ice cream scoop. They cut
2: it open, said, It's like here you
1: go, here's your tumor, strawberry cheesecake swirl. (laughs) (laughs) So the boob punch has been suspended. We now have oh my god, the clown hammer.
0: Oh. The, the Zoom
1: said nah. I get it. I I get the whole concept of it. I understand it intuitively. As a person who feels anxious around animals.
2: I know. I get the opposite you. for you.
1: It it makes me supremely uncomfortable to be around people's pets unless
3: I have spent enough time around them. It's a big thing around here that people don't leash their pets when they have yes. their support animals. And like, I went into a TJ Maxx the other day and there was a dog there that was, and it was a big dog and it was a support animal and the dog was barking at everyone. There were little kids running up to want to pet the dog and the dog wasn't leashed. And I was really, I'm very uncomfortable with any animal that's not leashed that's in my presence because I feel like unless I know personally that that dog is trained, it, only takes a moment for something to go wrong and that dog to attack somebody or hurt someone so what do i get like a card that says
1: i'm i'm made anxious by people's emotional support animals
3: (laughs) (laughs) so how does that work no you get a medical marijuana card and then you take some before you can you puff on your vape i'm sorry i need this weed
2: so i can deal with your fucking animals
0: so hostile
2: well, you know, a lot of it's it because I don't to have do... any hormones anymore. <laughs> it's all coming out. A lot of it is the same, like with owning a dog in general. It's the owners, not the dogs. It's That's... not the pet; it's yeah. the owner. Yeah. If you have, if I was to actually make Echo an emotional support dog, I would take her to training classes first before I yeah. took her in public because she's a good well, dog and she's not. I mean, she hardly ever barked or anything but she's not trained to be around a lot of people so well and other dogs right and especially other dogs
1: so if somebody else has got their emotional support animal and you happen to be near them with echo and you pet the other dog and echo goes oh fuck no
2: then i have to get my vest off to be her
3: emotional support (laughs) human (laughs) now and let me say i looked this up because i thought that this was what i read the the Citizens Bank Park guidelines are that certified service dogs or service dogs in training for guests with special needs are welcome. It doesn't say a- all other animals are prohibited. So they wouldn't have let your support cat or your support dog. So why should a support Alec? And is it really, f- I don't know. I have a problem with all the wild animals that people then make into support animals because they're not domesticated. They're not like an alligator's nature. I mean, is to eat to things, eat stuff. to bite people, to um, it's a
2: freaking. Well, this reptile. alligator was like people were petting it and hugging it, and it
1: was okay. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't even fathom the idea of people
3: hugging. All I can see is blood. I would pet it. I mean, it's just. I'd pet it. I mean, it. obviously, it was good <laughs> then, but you don't. What would What'd happen have- if I don't know some mouse? creeped around w- would it see the mouse and automatically go into hunt mode i don't know maybe it, it would. depends maybe on it if wouldn't. it's hungry maybe were... it gets the taste of human blood and then it like see that's what i'm thinking the crazy thing it, it, what if i smell
1: really tasty so i
2: guess you better not wear your blood scented perfume hate... your fish blood scented to the phillies game i think that that is a good rule about the service because I could see a lot of people taking advantage of it.
1: People take advantage of it anyway, and I think that's where
3: the line and I
2: think they,
0: blurs. Yeah, I
3: think they have Bring Your Pets Day. Bring your fucking alligator then. Sorry, yeah. they,
0: they do. probably still wouldn't let you bring an alligator.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean,
2: the Dodgers. Line, Martha, go ahead. The Dodgers have Bring Your Dog Day, but they don't have Bring Your Alligator
1: Day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't advocate for reptiles. Sorry. I mean, I'm fine with them over there. Where does it sit, too? Here's your
3: emotional support, You know, those stadiums are packed. Where does your fucking animal sit? On your lap? And then you're squished next to some person who maybe doesn't want an alligator drooling on his shoulder. Or or they get a hot dog and some
1: popcorn and the alligator's like, Mmm, hot dogs. It's a mutilated, processed meat. Yummy. Yep. Hey, meaty treats. <laughs> Nom, <laughs> <yum, laughs>
2: So you're saying I'm an alligator? What? what? I don't understand right now. <laughs> I'm going to get a vest.
1: <laughs> We're going to get Vonnie a vest mm. for Christmas. I'm your support alligator. You are my support emotional alligator.
0: Emotional support alligator. Yeah. Y'all are ridiculous.
2: Here
1: we go, Megan. If you could have an emotional support animal, any animal okay what would it be think hard oh i know what
0: i want a quokka from what? australia what the fuck Holy is a shit. quokka now
3: i gotta look up a quokka
0: quokkas are like little rodents but their faces like the way their mouths are shaped they always look like they're smiling and they're so damn cute how do you spell it always that?
3: looks like it's got something in its cheeks too What yeah. the hell is this thing yeah oh quokka. it you know what look, it looks gonna... like it looks
1: like a pika
0: I don't know what the
1: peak or is. Or a um yeah, it's
0: it a like Pikachu. it looks like
2: a koala baby and a kangaroo had a or a koala and a kangaroo had a baby. Because it's got the big nose like almost like a koala bear, but it jumps around like a
1: kangaroo.
0: <laughs> but they're like super endangered and like only in like on Rotten S Island or in, like a couple places they're in Australia, so cute. but they're so They look cute. like a, they look
1: like a fuzzy prairie dog with long legs.
0: Um they're also hilarious that if they feel threatened and they have a baby, they will throw their baby at you and run away.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's the shittiest parenting ever. Megan! Well, I mean, no wonder they're in danger. And, and Megan fuck. wants one as her emotional
1: support. <laughs> well,
2: she did say earlier that she would put her baby in a crate in the bottom of the plane,
3: so
1: <laughs>
2: Megan had Megan, lost if you her were mother danger, card.
3: That thing would sell you out so fast. <laughs> He's not there to guard me. He's there to be emotional. support How much emotional support can it be, if like you're like anxious and it's like, oh, you know what? Get out of here. You're making me anxious too. <laughs> throw you across the plane.
2: Clock. I oh, get anxious. It's thing. just gonna throw you.
0: Quark, i can't throw much. Throw
1: Megan tiny. from the train. <laughs> but they're so cute. <laughs> okay,
3: Keith, what would yours be? I have three cats. They provide plenty of emotional support I just don't need them on the plane with me mm. that's like for edibles and stuff well y- y'all
1: already know that I would not choose to have an emotional support but- beast of any kind with me well, because then why did we have to answer that because it's fun I already know what Bonnie would pick she'd pick a dog maybe well- you don't know me no, okay <laughs> ostrich maybe why alpaca no <laughs>
0: Ooh, a, pa- a llama could be a good. Choice. A llama
1: could be a great choice because it would except, could spin- you um, imagine the size anywhere. of the poop bags I would have to carry oh, in my purse my for God. that? You'd have to have a way, but you'd
3: have to have yeah. a purse on wheels. To well, I did mean, did you see it- that there's a whole lot of flooding in New York, and so Central Park lost one of their sea lions, and it turned up Aww. on somebody's porch just sleeping. Oh,
0: oh, from the Brooklyn Zoo.
1: Perfect. there Central you go you need Central an emotional Park support there. sea lion oh i do need an emotional support sea lion except I... those things are mean and i bet they smell lovely
3: there's a picture of it on the porch it looks very cute but oh, again just because it looks cute doesn't mean it won't rip off your arm accidentally hey if that's you were true. on a plane.
0: <laughs> bonnie do you have any romance in your book for martha to roll her eyes at this week
1: no yay No romance up in here. Except for Keith, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And sorry, Keith, I love you. I've been here meaning the studio. Yeah,
2: yeah. Meaning
1: the studio No, I love you. Okay, so Okay. I've been on a weird kick lately. It is very strange. Vonnie's like shifted. Last week when she reviewed Sourdough, I just about swallowed my tongue because that book was fucking weird, man. I liked it though. It was good. I know. I liked it too, but I, you you can still surprise me, Vonnie, after all these years. <sighs> the romance is back. I know. <laughs> just kidding. All right. <laughs> Way too
2: sweet. <laughs> So the book that I read this week to start us off in October is We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Mm. And honestly, I picked this book because I liked the cover. Valid reason. And um, it sounded a little weird, but I was like, you know, it's short. Let's try it. It starts kind of as an aftermath of an event. Six years ago... Four of the family members died of arsenic poisoning in this little town. And the only people that's left living in this huge house, I guess I should have mentioned, they all live together in a huge house. Four of the family members die. And all that's left is an older sister named Constance an Uncle Julian and then uh, Mary Catherine, who they call Mary Cat, and she's 18. All of these individuals are very unique. They're very cryptic. They don't have normal ways of thinking of things, that's for sure. Constance is almost agoraphobic. She never leaves the house. Uncle Julian is in a wheelchair, and he seems like he might be getting a little bit of sonality um, because some of the things that he says just don't make sense like one time he was referring to mary cat that that mary cat was dead but she was sitting at the table but he kept insisting that she was dead and mary cat is the one who goes to town to get like library books and the groceries and everything else she's the only one that goes to town and she only does it like once a month or it might be once a week i can't remember exactly but Truthfully when I very first started reading about this, Mary Cat kind of reminded me of the daughter in Beetlejuice because Lydia? she's yeah, cuz she's very eccentric also and she almost has like this sixth sense to know things that other people don't. Like she, and she does these little oddities around the property that she thinks wards off evil spirits or like will make the river be more blue or so on and so forth. She's a very unique, almost naive and childlike, I would say. She's interesting, though. She's very interesting. So anyways, they have their routine. They stick with their routine. They have to stay with their routine. And when Mary Cat goes to town, you kind of get the sense that the rest of the town is almost afraid of her. Like, they don't mingle with the family at all and they have like a little saying that they chant because these people these four family members mysteriously died of arsenic poison you also find out very early in the book that at first Constance was arrested because they thought that she had done it she was accused of it but then she was found innocent And so, basically, they never found who the killer was. Like, nobody was ever charged. So, this whole town kind of has their own little chance, almost like practical magic. Remember when they said, like, witch, witch, you're a... Or what was it? Bitch, bitch, you're a witch. Witch,
1: witch,
2: you're a bitch? Wasn't that it? Something like that? Yeah, something like that. Practical magic. I don't
1: know. It's been a while. I haven't seen practical magic. But
2: anyways, so... You know that the town doesn't like this group of people. And then Mary Cat, things happen to her little, what would you call them, like talismans that she has around the house? Little talismans that she has around the property. So she thinks that something's going to come. Something's going to change. And, you know, they tell her it's just because it's spring, everything, you know, we still have our routine. Don't worry about it, yada, yada. And then one of their long-lost relatives show up, Charles. I think he's like a cousin or something. I can't remember exactly what he is. But, of course, you know, he is very different than the family. He's not careful. He doesn't really give a crap about their routines. And it's almost like his whole purpose is, like, to exploit the family. Like, just to get them to change what their routines are just for something to happen but there's a series of events that drastically changes their life and I can't say any more than that it was a really good book it was very strange it's very gothic um Mary Cat throughout the whole thing I had to keep reminding myself that she was 18 because just by reading it Reading it, if they hadn't said what her age was, I would think that she was more like 13, 14. I think that she had a very protective life
1: or uh, maybe she's... I think that was uh, more about the time it was written. Really? or because it's it's an older... You kind
2: of almost... Like what I kind of thought in my mind was like maybe these four members of the family dying so dramatically altered everybody's way of thinking in this family that everybody had their own ways of dealing it constance doesn't go outside anymore she won't leave the house julian is just a little (laughs) a little mental (laughs) touched in the head (laughs) little not right and mary kate has reverted to like a younger self so i don't know It, it was interesting The story kind of like starts after a big event and then it doesn't really have any real ending. It's almost like you just take a piece of this life and this is what the book is about. I mean, it didn't end on a cliffhanger or anything, but it definitely was not wrapped up in a bow. It just kind of stopped. But not in a bad way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I I had books stop, and then it's kind of like, seriously? <laughs> almost like you're in the middle of a sentence, and you're just like, uh, the end. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good book. Um, it's short. It wasn't really necessarily scary. Um, but I didn't really think Practical Magic was that scary either. And it's almost like Practical Magic, like this family, the two aunts and the daughters everybody kind of knows about them. is kind of leery and everything. And there's always rumors about them. Well, it's the same thing with this family. Except this family is just a little bit creepier than the Practical Witch family. <laughs> a little more goth. 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 But yeah, it was good. I would recommend it to somebody. There isn't any like severe acts of violence. There is some violence, but not super bad even though there's like you know talk of murder and stuff and there's not really any sex scenes there's not any romance so I mean this would be okay for you know a teenager to read or probably even a preteen I would think I
1: don't think there'd be anything in there that was
2: bad Shirley
1: Jackson is considered the mother of one of the yeah one of the classic horror
0: Mother of horror, I would consider yeah. her kind of,
2: but you know what? the funny thing is is in this in this description, it has romance. And I almost did not check this out because it said that it was romance. But there's absolutely no romance in it. Hmm. The even thing the only thing close to any kind of love in there is that Mary Cat has a cat that she adores. Hmm. But anyways, again, that was, we Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. And it
1: was written in 1962. Oh, so it was a long time yeah. ago. It was
2: good, though. I didn't even know it was classic when I checked it out. Like I said, I just liked the cover.
0: Heath, do you have any fall spooky romances?
3: Yep. <laughs> the book I'm reviewing is called Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver. And this book is about Sloan who is a serial killer and she is a Dexter-esque kind of serial killer who kills other serial killers. So she is in the middle of a job killing this guy. And he, as she's getting ready to deal the final blow, he kind of gets her into a cage and manages to lock her in. So he's dead on the floor and has been dead for two days. And she's locked in this cage, but luckily, oh, right. another serial killer has come to kill this guy. So we meet Rowan, who is also a serial killer.
0: Jesus, he doesn't. What's that? How many? That's like three serial killers in one room.
3: Yes, that never happens.
0: That's too many. It's too so many. that's
3: exciting right there. Yeah, but um, so Rowan, he doesn't only kill kill serial killers he kills just anybody who, uh, people who really, really deserve it kind of thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so Sloan, her serial killer name, I guess, is the orb weaver because she take she plucks out people's eyes. No! And then weaves them into a web and she's very methodical and cool about it. Leave the
0: eyeballs alone, serial killers. Leave eyeballs them Eyeballs
3: are gross, they're gross. Okay. And Rowan is known as the butcher of mass because he's from Boston. So and he chops people up. Um and he's just really brutal about his murders. She's very, you know, she's pretty clean and except for the eyeball thing. And um they so he lets her out and then wants to have lunch with her to discuss because they know of each other because of serial killer com, I don't know Facebook? circles. Like they know of all the other serial killers. So he knows of her, she knows of him kind of thing. And so they kind of get together and they talk shop after he rescues her from this stupid cage. And then they come up with this idea that they want to play a game with each other. So every year um, she has a best friend who knows she's a serial killer and he has two brothers who know he's a serial killer.
0: There's too many people that know that they're serial killers. Somebody's well gonna... sometimes you have to
3: dude, not all serial killers work in a vacuum, Megan. Know, sometimes your family has to help. <laughs>
0: too many people. Somebody's <laughs> gonna wreck your animal. You need
1: out. a support
2: system. They need a support an emotional support serial killer. That's what <laughs> that's your exactly. that's what your animal could be. An emotional support serial killer. Anyone pisses you off, Dexter will take care Damn. of it. Like, this person made you mad. Okay. And where's my knife? My knife. Oh.
1: Where's you? my knife? I'm going to
2: get you. Where's my knife? and my going to get you. Okay, sorry, tarp.
0: Keith. I derailed you. I'm just <laughs> trying to think of how many people know about these serial killers and how they aren't all caught because somebody
3: talks. Anyway, go There's on. Three. Three people. Okay. Song. Okay. And each other. But so they want to have, so they want to have like a contest and they're both very competitive serial killers. So they decide to have this game every year where at a specific time, Rowan's older brother just gives them a location, and then they have to find the serial killer and kill them first before the other person can get to them. So like, he'll just say like, oh, um, this city in West Virginia, and then they have to go and they have to, and they don't, he doesn't give them someone that's really like well known. So it's a whole kind of process where they have to, and. They play this game for years. And that's pretty much the plot of the entire book. It has a lot of trigger warnings. And I'll just tell you when I read the trigger warning, I I wasn't real sure about the book, but when I read the trigger warnings, one of them was accidental cannibalism. And then the (laughs) foreword by the author was, this book is for all of you that read the trigger warnings, saw accidental cannibalism and went, hell yeah, let's go. And I was like, oh. well, I gotta read this book now. They are very tongue in cheek. They have very dry sense of humor. I mean, it's a lot of killing that sounds bad delightful. people. sounds But I mean, it's basically like two Dexters that are like trying to vie to be the better serial killer. But it, it was very funny. It was very dark. It's also very smutty, but it was great. I liked it a lot. And that was Butcher and Blackbird by Bryn Weaver. I might actually have to make an exception for that one. Uh-oh. Well, I mean, there is a serial killer romance, so. All right. Okay. Megan. Well, since, since we're talking about
0: serial killers, that's Yay. a perfect transition. So first, I'd like to thank Julia from publicity that sent this to me and this week I'm reviewing midnight is the darkest hour by Ashley Winstead and this book I would call this like a thriller for sure and our main cast of characters we have Ruth and Ruth is our main girl and she is the daughter of the evangelical preacher that has like taken over this small town in louisiana and he is basically like in charge of the town everyone goes to this church this church started out pretty small and then just grew and grew and grew and they're like evangelical and he's like goes through the library and like bans books himself and like that kind of evangelical kind of extremist crazy preacher guy then we have um everett who she calls ever halfway through he's kind of like the outcast they call him the devil's son because his dad's like the town drunk and he doesn't ever go to church and like they live out in the woods in the bayou and it's you know everyone thinks they're kind of creepy um and there's one summer where ruth is now like a teenager and there's a new boy in town or a new guy he's a little older than her renard's in town and she kind of is smitten with him. She thinks, like, he might like her, and he asks her out, and they go to the woods, you know, where all Louisiana folks apparently go to make out to be hidden from crazy evangelical fathers, and he basically, trigger warning, tries to assault her, and Everett happens to be hunting in the bayou, and, he overhe- and hears her and attacks um, Renard. I don't know if that's how you say his name. That's what I'm going with because that's what it looks like in my head. And this is not a spoiler because it's really early in the book and I feel like you need it to be able to launch the information you need for the rest of the book. They basically kill him and cut up his body and dump him in the bayou, like dump him in the swamp to make him alligator meat. They're like, cool. See you later, dude. So they kind of are bonded over this like trauma secret situation happening. And... As the story goes on, they are finding more and more skulls in the bayou. So Ruth is basically trapped in this town. She won't leave. Everett's tried to get her to leave, tried to like offer her opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to leave, and she won't take it because she just, you know, is still kind of brainwashed, even though she's starting to see through the brainwash. Um, and when the first skull shows up, they're like oh shit we're about to get caught but but they're not about to get caught because that would end the book on like page 100 (laughs) so (laughs) they have to keep going and basically you learn without giving too much away that this whole town is corrupt and awful and there's like All kinds of stuff going on that you're like, oh my god! Like, how is this even happening in this like town that considers themselves like holier than thou? Like, basically, the men of the church all suck. And Ruth's favorite book, the first book that she kind of read on the sly, was Twilight. So (laughs) she references it a lot. Of like, I want the love of like an Edward, and I want to be Bella, and like that's what she's basing like love on. And for half of the book, I'm trying to decide if Everett's like actually a vampire <laughs> because like <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, but you kind of start like watching and list or listening to what they're saying, and you're like, "Well, like, is he a vampire? Like, is there more to Everett than like than we think there is?" So that's kind of an intriguing um, aspect of it because you're getting everything from Ruth's perspective. Like, I literally at one point wrote in my reading journal. Is Everett a vampire? Because <laughs> I was like trying to decide like what was happening. Um, uh, there are a lot of trigger warnings with this book. Obviously there's murder. There's assault. There, She actually lists them in the front of the book. So if you read the trigger religious fundamentalism, substance abuse, you know, all the things. So just be aware of going into that. But I really enjoyed it. And the ending is is literally like the last sentence says a couple of words and then says dot 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 uh so like i I read the like conversation with the author and i don't think she plans on writing a sequel for it i think she did it to just like let you think like decide what you think happens i'm pretty sure i know what happened to my head to these characters uh but it was really good it was a it was a good read a good kind of kickoff to spooky season um i'm seeing if there's anything else in my notes oh and her father's trying to marry her off to barry Barry's a reoccurring visitor that we see uh he's also a cop in town now so she tries to like get information out of him about all these investigations and stuff um and he keeps asking her to marry him and she keeps saying like no i don't know (laughs) so it's kind Hmm. of he gets there's a lot of that religious fundamental and like well your daddy gave me gave you to me so you're mine now and she's like no that ain't Mm. that's not how it works." uh so there's a little bit of that back and forth there's a whole the whole town has secrets everybody's got secrets some are darker than others so you got to read to find out who's more evil i guess would be the right answer Mm -hmm. because basically all of them
3: everyone's evil
0: everyone's evil uh but i really enjoyed it and then she has like her best friend nissa that works with her in the library and she's kind of like the only other sane person in the entire town (laughs) well as sane as any of them are I think they're all a little bit insane but (laughs) Nissa's definitely kind of her outside of her closest knit kind of her guiding force so she helps her look for stuff and figure stuff out she's also the queen of gossip so she gets all the goods Hmm. but yeah It was good. I liked it. It comes, it's out of, it'll be out Tuesday. It comes out on the third. So you got a little advanced preview there for that. And that is Midnight is the Darkest Hour by Ashley Winstead. And thank you, Julia, for sending that to me because it was a fabulous way to start spooky reads or fall reads.
3: Yay. Awesome.
2: Making sure that she hasn't read any of these. Bonnie and
1: I were doing, like we did back in junior high, writing notes to each other while you guys were doing your reviews. <laughs> I know, I
2: can
0: tell. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> she was making fun of my notes. My butt boobs notes. Um, I'm going to start out Spooky Month with sort of a book that straddles the line a little bit.
2: We do like straddling. Yes, we do. <laughs> With our hairy boobs. Oh! <laughs> hairy butt! That kind of cleavage. Our
1: hairy butts. Yeah. <clears throat> you guys oh, are c- kind of crazy today. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're together. We should do this more often. <clears throat> All right. My book is called Sign Here mm. by Claudia Lux. Actually, it wasn't really a what I would consider a spooky read and for that reason I wasn't going to review it but since this podcast will actually air on the first of October I figured I could do something that sort of could be considered either kind of um this book kind of it kind of falls into the Christopher Moore category in some ways because it's about hell and the main character is called Peyote Trip. <laughs> and they, a lot of it takes place in hell, but a lot of it also takes place on earth. It kind of, the two the two parts of the puzzle don't seem like they really fit together until later on. The Some of the things I liked, it's, it's going to be really hard to describe this book because part of it is really serious novel and part of it is really funny hell does that make any sense hell is funny it, it is in this case yes because the characters that are in hell the object of the game is to trick people into signing away their souls so what they do is they wait until they call somebody calls for help like For example, there are a couple of them in there um, where the there's a girl who's sneaking into sneaking back into her house and she doesn't want to get caught. And she's like, please, God, just let me get in there without, you know, anybody noticing. And so pop, here comes the demon says, you called. He says, if you want to get back into your house without getting caught, just sign here. What's so basic- the
3: dumbest reason for signing a contract like that ever? Exactly, and it's
1: all like that. They're all tricks, right? The, the demons in question are on the fifth level of hell. Anyway, the different levels get less bad the further you go up, obviously. And a new girl comes on to the fifth floor, which is where Peyote is, and he can tell that she's trouble. She like gets him into trouble right away. She pretends to be shy. And then she sells him out to her, his obnoxious co worker. And then they all go out for, they all go out to a bar, which of course there are bars in hell. But here's the thing in hell, they only serve Jägermeister in the bars. That tracks. Yeah. That's shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to the bar and she ends up acting really slutty and totally not like herself. So he doesn't really trust her, but he needs her in order to reach his goal. The goal is he's found a loophole where if he signs five generations of this family to hell, then he can get a do over. So that's kind of his goal But the really cool and interesting part about the book is you get to see the family, and you get to see uh, what's going on with them, and it's almost like it's, it's a totally separate part of the book, but at the end, it all comes together. I wouldn't really put this book in the category of a spooky read per se, but yet, it was amazingly entertaining. The story that takes place on Earth is really good. I don't I was kind of impressed by it. It was kind of a mess from the standpoint of if you're really going to get technical. <laughs> Some people it did not get very good ratings on Goodreads. Were
2: you talking mm-hmm. about
1: bars in hell? I'm
2: thinking it's not going to be very technically accurate.
1: Well, obviously. Um, and people who, you know, might nitpick about God and heaven and hell and whatnot probably would not like this book because it sort of flies in the face of all of the things that, you know. But that's part of what October is about, is about ridiculousness and and spooky scary weird shit so either way whether or not you want kind of a cool story about humans and the way things that have happened in their lives have corrupted them and stupid mistakes that get them sent to hell or you want a hilarious semi hilarious um, bit of fluff about demons trying to figure out ways to trap humans into going to hell it was a fun read i really enjoyed it but like i said it's it's hard to classify if you like christopher moore you will probably like this hell sounds like the medium place with uh
2: mindy yeah. st clair
1: from the good place yes that series the good place it, it has echoes of that in it but it's also got some pretty horrific shit, the descriptions of hell, like some um. of the things like the lower levels, some of the things they end up doing to the people who, ugh. Yeah, it's not for the weak, not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of trigger warnings. But I enjoyed the shit out of it because that's me. I'm a twisted individual. And that was called... Sign Here by Claudia Lux. I'm definitely going to keep my eye on her because I bet she'll, that was that it's a debut novel as well, which as you know, is my favorite thing to read.
0: This is true. You know, for the first time in all the years we've done spooky reads or like fall books, I have more fall spooky books than there are weeks in October. (laughs)
1: dang well Um, i have a theory about that i don't know if you guys have noticed this as well of course you haven't been alive as long as we have but or as long as i have you can say we that's all right We. i know i'm old but here's the interesting thing over time spooky month has become incredibly popular true you know 10 years ago It was not as popular as it is today 15 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago no way oh yeah no oh the days so it was just
0: like you just read stephen (laughs) king because it was october
1: exactly so so (laughs) it's not just horror novels anymore it's spooky so there's a there's a larger number of people who are writing books like this you have a lot of romance um Genre novels that are written Mm -hmm. in that way. So, just a ton of really fun and exciting things that you can do in October.
0: Mm -hmm. True. I mean, I'm just like, think, think, sitting here looking at my shelf, thinking, like, okay, I know what I want to read for November for like, because they're native themed books. But then I'm like, but I still have like a bunch of spooky books. Yeah. that I want to read
2: but seriously like so when I-, I was younger people would be like oh yeah I read a book it's uh, the uh, mysteries of the babysitting club and all of this other stuff and they're like what did you read I'm like uh, Stephen King <laughs> Pet Cemetery." Yeah. and they you, you would just get a weird look and you be like oh. oh
1: that's nice and then they oh. completely avoid you yeah I, that, welcome to my life Dean Koontz, John Saul man the darker the better oh the boogeyman by stephen king is is that movie out yet oh i don't know
0: Mm, i don't know
1: it says that it was released june 2nd of 2023 so
0: you missed it somewhere
1: i don't remember that coming out maybe it didn't come out maybe that's when it was supposed to come out or maybe it's out on one of the streaming services Somebody Google that shit for me. I am. I'm not a very fast typer.
0: Yeah, it says 2023. On um, Google. Google where, where you can watch it. Um, Netflix, it looks like. God damn or, I'm sorry, no. You no Hulu? YouTube, Google Play, oh, Apple, right. and then Amazon Prime, but it looks like you have to pay it's not free anywhere. It doesn't look like oh, That explains it's
2: on Hulu starting October 5th. Oh, I have Hulu. Look, during Hulu's Huluween celebrations. (laughs) (laughs) See,
1: Huluween, come on. That's hilarious. It's so much more mainstream and popular now to just jump in and spend an entire month in Halloween. Whereas before it was almost like, you like Halloween? What are you, a witch? I'm going to a wedding on Halloween. See? It's freaking awesome. I love it. Halloween's my favorite holiday. I'll admit it. It is
2: pretty cool. It's not my favorite Halloween, but I mean holiday. But I do like Halloween. Any of the fall ones. Oh.
0: My whole house is like half Halloweened out. I got half of it out. I got to finish the rest later.
1: I'm not even... Yeah. I haven't I haven't been a very good decorator since dylan left home i have little ghosts that i used to put in my yard and you know all kinds of decorations i used to put out and i just can't be bothered anymore i don't know it's a lot it is a lot
3: all the little kids i don't care about halloween at all love it i think spooky season is stupid i'll have said it hey
1: <laughs> it's a safe place here keith You don't have to read spooky reads. You don't have to participate if you don't want to. So long as you don't have an emotional support dog, Martha's okay with you. As long as you don't have an emotional support bat, we're fine. (laughs)
3: Because I I don't want... much worse than an emotional support bat. I don't want rabies. It's worse than an alligator.
1: No emotional support tarantulas either. Sorry. They shoot I would those... be okay with that.
3: I don't. I'm not scared of tarantulas, but really. But they shoot their hairs out. Do they really? Yes. Okay, I might not be cool with that anymore then. It's one of their I defense mechanisms. Yeah. They... I just thought they crawled and looked good. If
1: you freak them out, they do that. See, now you gave me goose flesh.
3: Ugh. I'm gonna get an emotional support jack o' lantern and just carry around a pumpkin
0: <laughs> so there's an adorable puppy that would be funny on, on tiktok who had an emotional support pumpkin last year and like his parents had to like sneakily trade it out for like a stuffed pumpkin because it was starting to rot gross um, so when the pumpkin rotted they just like put it in their backyard to see if the seeds would grow and now he has an entire emotional support pumpkin patch in his backyard. so what you're him. saying is they
1: basically own snoopy Yes. <laughs> nice. I'd be okay but with owning so Snoopy. He, like, the Great Pumpkin. He like, carries them by the stem, and it's so cute. The Great Pumpkin has come to live with that dog, and that's why he has yeah. to keep doing the whole pumpkin thing.
0: Yeah, it's super cute. He like sits like in all the little pumpkins around, like in his little pumpkin. So cute. <laughs> I can't think of what the creator's name <gasps> is, but if you have TikTok, it'll pop up. I'm sure. Oh, you know what? I have to
1: remember. Yes. Um, we need to shout out. Our brand new Patreon member that we got this week. Yay! Welcome to our super secret club. I thought I wrote it down. Super secret that goes out
2: publicly to everybody who wants to listen every week? No,
1: the super secret club is you have to join Patreon to get. Julia Bordeaux, welcome to Patreon. And Woo-hoo. speaking of Patreon, um, Vonnie and I were sitting here writing notes like we were junior high school girls while you guys were talking. And one of the things we're talking about is doing a mini episode about books that we reread.
2: Because wasn't that one of the suggestions, books that we re- I think, reread? Yeah.
1: yeah, so I think yeah. we're... Because we actually have read a few books in common. Yeah. So. It,
2: we've read them in common, but I haven't reread like um
1: your christopher moore chris some yeah christopher moore we have that's what i'm saying yeah yeah so we have a few in common and a few we don't have in common so i think we're going to do a mini episode for patreon eventually we'll get back to doing one with the whole group yeah it's just everybody's so busy
2: maybe yeah maybe after the holidays before god First, Megan. Maybe
1: after summer, then maybe after the holidays. Well,
2: everything just kind of runs I know, together. It does. We have a lull before. Um, and I screwed up the lull. Fangirl season starts for Megan, so we, yeah. need to get him, we need to get a complete one. I screwed and up L the lull.
1: Drinking. I, I screwed up the lull between summer and fall with my cancer.
0: And the fact that you had to go to 19 funerals this summer did oh, God, not yeah. God, yes, yeah, I that's forgot about that. Yes,
1: I forgot about that. That was it was just a bad, bad, bad. And Keith had an interesting year. We've all had an interesting year. Yeah. May you live in interesting mm-hmm. times, that's us. Yeah. And yeah. another uh, just another
2: suggestion like if if you and Keith wanted to do a mini episode, you guys could pick out some of your favorite like why romances because I know or both romances of, in general. just romances yeah. both in general both of you or yeah.
1: And talk about the elements of what you liked and didn't like. and That's a good idea.
3: Yeah.
2: Do so we all it. need a su- emotional support Patreon member? We all need to pick one person yes. from the group hey.
3: and get matching
2: vests. That's a great idea. Matching vests. You're my support, emotional support human. And then have the arrows <laughs> instead of like, I'm with Dom. Allison, pick out something good. <laughs> <laughs> when we go on another book trip. We need to have your m- emotional support book friend or emotional support
1: book girl yes i love that so much (laughs) that's a great
0: idea and then we
2: could get some for the patreon members emotional support patreon member that's a good idea it is i don't know if anybody would wear them but you know hey i have a they were kick-ass enough you could just do emotional support book friend and not make it it let's call it a waistcoat a waistcoat oh yeah. my
3: god wait what <laughs> <laughs> you've that's lost the, me now i'm not wearing a waistcoat that's the british word for hat. vest
2: well i was talking about making t-shirts not really vests we would look a little weird
3: odd walking around in. how about a vest? smock
1: <laughs>
2: a hat
3: like with feathers and like and mesh and pictures of books coming out of it kind of like a the veil map? too and a veil, yes. Oh, Jesus.
1: We're getting really super strange now.
0: I mean, it is spooky month.
1: That's true. See? Hats are way spookier than this. Morning hats. Emotional support morning hats. Because those are the kinds. Of, yeah, they're black and they have a veil. They'd be perfect for spooky season. Tip of the hat to you, my friends. Just don't make it red. There will be no red hats in this Then it
2: would be a tip family. of a whole different color. <laughs> whole different kind a tip of a whole different kind is that what you said a tip of a whole different kind kind of like megan's megan's microphone
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a picture of megan's microphone and put it on our Lishy. facebook page megan take a picture of that bitch we got it oh put
0: the tip don't take the condom off <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not fun that way
0: but i know
2: you don't want an std well. <laughs> <laughs> We don't want to have that kind of fun this Halloween. No,
1: not itchy, burny kind of fun. (laughs) And that's going to do it for Three
3: Three Book book Girls. girls.
0: Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook,
1: Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at
0: threebookgirls.com. And join the group.